Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jabroni Drive. On this week's episode, Jimmy Uso's explanation. Austin Theory, what does he need to do? Edge's last match, Judgment Day, Shinsuke, Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, Trish Stratus, and Big E Jimmy, anything you want to say to all the Schmidlavellites out there tuning in to Jabroni Drive? Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Now it's time to shush and listen to Jabroni Drive, the hottest growing professional wrestling show in all a professional wrestling show. Can you dig it? Sucker. <laughs> Great sucker. Wow, what a sucker that is. And what a what a bunch of what a bunch of suckers we all are. Am I right? Thanks for tuning right. in to Jabroni Drive. Another episode, hopefully the best episode we've ever had. I I, I feel like it's gonna be up there, Timmy. It's Feel pretty confident about this one. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So a lot happening. Let's get right into it. Let's dive deep, Tom. Let's dive real deep. Okay, let's dive real deep. We're going right to the bloodline and their final segment on SmackDown. The the SmackDown after SummerSlam, after Jimmy's betrayal of Jay, they come out there and Jimmy comes out and obviously being booed by the whole audience. Then comes Jay. Everyone's knowing what's going on. And Jay needs an explanation. And Jimmy says his explanation for why he did what he did and betrayed his twin brother in the biggest match of his entire life to win the undisputed championship and become the new tribal chief. He pulled him out of the ring, super kicked him in the face. And why did he do this? Why? The reason was is because he didn't want him to end up like Roman Reigns, the biggest jerk in the entire world. Right? The egotistical, you know, crazy, mean, whatever. This is the stupidest explanation I've ever heard of in my fucking life. Okay? Like, I hopefully they're going to they're going to pivot from this. But okay. Did I see him saying that he's going to become this? Yes. Okay. Whatever. That's the reason. No, that can't be the reason. If it is the reason, it's ridiculous. It's it's. It's just, it's Tom. I think we've not good enough. I think we've gotten to the point with the bloodline story where it's going to start getting watered down. They've done everything they can do with this storyline, and it is you have to figure out a way way to keep it alive, right? And we've seen this, uh, I talked about this before about the NWO, about DX, about all these factions, right? That that they just they try to pump life back into something that has been such a cash cow for so long and they can't get out of their own way. And creative writes these ridiculous storylines and it creates just different avenues and it just is just inexplainable and and it's it's terrible what they came out with. Because they've been on such a hot streak, right? They've been so good with 
with handling the bloodline and every you know every way that they've they've gone seems to really have worked out and we get this you know it just seems so sloppy from the time from the time that Jimmy makes this this sacrifice right and and comes back and we didn't like how SummerSlam finished up right and now we get the explanation and it's just like all right dude we're at, what are we doing what's what what exactly is the sh- shit that you're throwing against the wall right because uh, that's what it feels like right um, they've gone stale and this decision i think is just a fumble i don't think it's the right move i would have loved it if jimmy came out and said all these things that he said i love you i didn't want you to turn out like roman because you're not supposed to be the tribal chief i'm supposed to be the tribal chief you know what i mean then it's like okay he wants to be the tribal chief and that's why he did it you know now this whole oh because i love you bullshit come on but it's and again it's just it kind of defeats its purpose because Jimmy's the one that started this whole process. Exactly. And this is what we talked about last week, right, Tim? It makes no sense. So, yeah, there. It, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's irritating to see it go in this direction. Now, am I going to give them some time to, to be able to fix it? Obviously, right? It's I'm not going to bury this whole thing right now, right away, just out the gate, just because... Hey, there's a little misstep. Maybe, maybe they they fumbled the explanation. Uh, but you know, you had three years worth of storyline here, and it needs to go somewhere. Uh, and I don't know exactly where you go from here. the The HJB has suggested the the fatal four way for the. Yeah, for the title or for the 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 tribal chief, which would be an exceptional storyline, in my opinion. Um, I agree. Y- you felt the same way. Yep. It's it's quite the idea. It feels like you could really develop that storyline, and then you could also have Cody Rhodes involved, like right afterwards, because you can keep that closed circuit. You can. You can create so many storylines within those four individuals that you could push that to almost to WrestleMania. You could probably push it before WrestleMania, have that decided, and then have Cody you know, wrestle for the title at, at WrestleMania on whoever that might be. Maybe Roman Reigns still retains, but it would it would be entertaining if if you had those four individuals, the bloodline splits, and they're just they're beefing with each other every single week. You know, there's a there's a, an attack, right? And look, it's not going to work because I know Roman Reigns doesn't work that schedule anymore, which sucks. But I mean, I guess there's a way that you can have the other three involved, right? Where they're just now singles competitors, and it's just a, it's just every man for himself, like just crazy, like each and every week, like showing up on SmackDown, showing up on Raw, you know everyone has their own individual matches and they come out and they just sneak attacks left and right chairs, tables, like just as ruthless as it can get. Cause that's, I think that's the way you sell this whole story. Right. And I think 
The way you could do it is you get to that fatal four-way. How do you get to that fatal four-way? I don't know. I think they need a little bit of time. I think Jay needs a little bit of time off TV. I think Roman will take his couple weeks break at least. And absence makes the heart grow fonder sometimes. And you need Jay, I think, to be off the TV so that when he comes back, it's like, whoa, he shows up and this this is quite a moment. And set up a fatal four-way for maybe Survivor Series. Or you could even set up the fatal four-way for a Royal Rumble, you know? But that's a, that's a ways away. So in that fatal four-way, you have your match going, and Jimmy does something again, kind of underhanded, maybe a low blow to cost Jay. And um, he ends up losing the match either way which would set up for the match between Jay and Jimmy at WrestleMania. We saw a clip of an interview with Jay this past week, him talking about his dream would be to have a a WrestleMania match against his brother, the two twins going against each other, battling out. And that would be an incredible story. Obviously, it's something that would be a big draw. People would be like, wow, you got two brothers going at it, which is is great storytelling. And somehow you get... um, uh, Cody back in the mix for the title hunt at, at WrestleMania. So then maybe the main event of night one is the Uso brothers against each other. And night two is Cody versus um, Roman. But the question is, is starting to be how long can they go with these guys main eventing every PLE? You know, at some point they're going to want some new blood and that happens to everyone. That happens to the best in the world. You know, that's happened to uh a Stone Cold, a Rock, all of them, you know, at some point the audience wants some new blood in there and they'll start to turn. I don't know. This 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 has gone a little stale for the moment. I think they'll write the ship. I'm hoping they they have an end goal in mind that this is leading to some court, sort of a, you know, finale. I just don't want it to end up to be like, uh, you know, the final season of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So on that SmackDown big match, we had the uh, United States title um, championship. It was originally supposed to be Austin Theory versus uh, Pablo, a.k.a. Santos Escobar and uh, Austin Theory. Austin Theory attacks Escobar. He's hurt. He comes out to try to, to fight. He gets attacked from behind by Austin Theory. Um, out comes the LWO. Ray's there. Our main man, Adam Pierce, is there. Let's book this match either way. We've guaranteed a championship match. Now you're going to fight against Ray Mysterio. Timmy, what I thought was actually a pretty good match. Um, wasn't a long match. There was a commercial like right as it started, and then it came to the end. But I thought both wrestlers did really well. I thought Ray looked great in the match. I thought Austin Theory did a good job of selling that. Um, Ray ends up winning to watch, I think is a pretty good pop. Um, and now is the United States champion. I guess the big question is, is where does, where do we go with Austin theory? Now this title reign has been a disappointment to me. At least it's been a disappointment. Um, Um, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's been an absolute mess, right? This whole, this whole thing has been a mess. You know, we get shots of of Austin Theory sitting up in the you know, and then in the nosebleeds watching yeah, you know, the the Mysterio match, right? 
uh, a couple weeks before. We get him on commentary where he's just not delivering whatsoever. Um, yeah, just the, the the whole Austin theory since honestly since he beat John Cena has been just a, an absolute mess. The journey has been awful. There's nothing of substance since since anything since 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 that's that Cena match and I just don't understand like you said where where do we go with it right like and yeah the debacle like leading up to the to the to the title defense against Ray Mysterio which was yeah the match in Mysterio and and Santos and Mysterio gets hurt and then all of a sudden like like we we didn't know we thought LA Knight might have slipped into that to that match because of the injury maybe and right it just uh, maybe injuries dictated the way that storyline went, and that's why they had to go in that direction. Um, but it just didn't make much sense. Like the, it just it didn't have any cachet. It didn't have any substance to it. Um, and now Austin Theory, who was like the golden child, looks completely inept. I mean, dude, they had him. We talked about this before. They had him in in this Slim Jim Battle Royal when he's a champion. Like, what what is what is that about? Not only did they have him in the Slim Jim Battle Royal, he got eliminated fairly quickly without much, you know, talk about it. And for much, whatever you want to say, could it be this? Could it be that? Why the storyline didn't hit? The storylines never hit for his United States title run. Right. And it was a pretty long run over 200 days and they never hit. And you can blame the story. But at some point it has to go on theory. Why did this not work? Why was this not a main event? Why was this not, you know, a match like his matches haven't been one that people have been talking about. In fact, we're bringing him up on the show to say, like, what's going on with this guy who seems to have all the tools in ring? Like I said, the match was very entertaining. I, and on Mike, I've been impressed with him in the past. But with this title reign, it's been subpar. So I think he needs a whole new, like, revamp in character. I don't know what it is. I think I texted to the group something a little more real and less charactery. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm tired of the, the theory character. Just give me, Just give me the real guy and a little edge to him and that can help maybe a demotion to nxt to help maybe with those ratings down there i don't know I wonder, Timmy, what do you think i wonder if you turn him babyface. what what would that do like how well, that's that... the rumor now so how because he's well he's a prick right he's he's a good heel right and that's all we've seen him as right in 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 the wwe he's been just this conceited dickhead who's it comes off you know like he's the next gift to to wrestling and he plays that card pretty well but obviously not well enough to to really have an effect on the viewers and the audience right right so so how I mean, there's only one other way you can go with it, right? You can't make him more of a heel because people aren't really buying it. And they're not liking it. So, I mean, I, it's just such a change in character, right? I think it would have to be a subtle change. You can't just flip the switch and just all of a sudden he comes down to help out somebody, right? Right. Like, it's got to be a slow change. Maybe he starts feuding with someone that is also a heel and kind of like, 
you know, back and forth in that. And then maybe that heel attacks a baby face, you know, and you start thinking, huh, what's going on here now? And I know that we've we've talked about adding adding members to Judgment Day. I don't know if they need that because of what we saw in Raw. We'll get into that later. But I mean, he might be a guy that could benefit. Like the only way you can get more over as a heel is to join a faction that has the most heat right now in the in, in the WWE, and that's Judgment Day. So maybe throwing him into that would be nice. But I, I just don't. We're talking lifelines here for for a character that just hasn't worked yet, you know. Right, and you know what? And they had him with, and these guys haven't hit for me either. They had him paired with pretty pretty deadly, and for some, those guys just don't do it for me. You know what I mean? Their whole gimmick. I think their look is ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's it's just it doesn't have the staying power to me. It would be just- like. It's the heavenly bodies, dude, just like from 2023. Right. But I feel like even though even the and the heavenly bodies, the guy, one of the guys from the heavenly bodies that got in some serious trouble. Maybe we'll touch on that. In is that a bust? Out. Is that a bust out right there? Is that is that? Yeah, come on. Hey, I, mean, I love that. You know what? And and there were certain wrestlers or the Bidonis <laughs> that got in trouble with that. And I'm trying to think who was the guy, but whatever. That's a whole nother story. I don't want to. But so. I think there's going to be a development of a lot of different factions and things going on in uh, WWE. And Austin Theory definitely needs a makeover. I don't know what exactly. I'd like him to trim that beard because it looks stupid. And I know it's silly to say like trimming a beard makes a difference, but I think it would make a difference. It looks like pubes on his face. And not that I'm like, you know, I'm not a supermodel or anything like that, but I am a viewer and I see it and I'm like, yeah. You know, something like that, and maybe to start to feud with another heel and then kind of want, you know, then you start putting him in these tag matches where he's with the baby face and he helps someone. And it's like, whoa, Austin Theory just came out to help Jay Uso, you know, and, and when he's getting attacked by the blood, you know what I mean? Like some things like that maybe will will help him, but he's a long ways away. He's still young, so he's got a, a super bright career. We're going to be talking about him later. Very dude, well, you know what? I mean, he's he's very the career path, right? Seems to be on the same plateau or the same plane as what like Cody Rhodes did, right? He comes in, wins a belt, right? He's you know, he gets involved in like a faction, right? But like it just you know, his character kind of just dried up a little bit. Well, I mean, Austin Theory didn't get involved in the faction, but I mean he won a belt early, right? Yeah, he he was pushed hard from management from Vince McMahon. He won right? a Money in the Bank contract, and yeah, yeah he's been so, he's been pushed for sure. So and he has mega talent. Like this guy in ring, I I thought he did a great job of making Rey Mysterio look like a superstar again. You know, and Rey's older, and I thought he did a great job of helping Rey. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, it's just it, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if he can get back to the drawing board and maybe figure out what's working, what's not. And, and maybe we'll see him in a different light uh, moving forward. You know what? Honestly, another guy that's kind of lost right now that maybe I'd like to see him paired with. And I'm not a big fan of the, uh, the good brothers, but I wouldn't mind theory kind of going under the, uh, the um, wing of an AJ styles and kind of him and AJ. And maybe they grab someone else kind of developing this faction, you know, but 
I think AJ Styles and him are kind of lost right now, but they're both super talents. And so if they can kind of maybe work together in, in some sort of a, a, a faction, maybe that'll, maybe that'll help. I don't know. Almost you know? like taking them under, under the wing, like a, uh, like how JBL did with like uh Baron Corbin, except <laughs> you know how that turned out. Well, but yeah, but, you know, AJ Styles isn't a, a talking piece for him. I'm just saying, like, you know, him and AJ, or they, they, they could both use a faction. You know what I mean? Like some sort of powerful faction. And in theory, that that'd be a formidable opponent, opponent or, right there. They're already in the OC. I know, but the OC is garbage. Maybe no he joins shit. the OC. Uh, yeah. The OC has no, it's got nothing. It's right. Like, what have they done? They've done nothing. All they do is lose. Yeah, and I haven't even seen them really on TV at all, hardly. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least nothing memorable. So, I don't know. That was the first thing that came to my mind. But we can think about that. Maybe he joins the LW. No, just kidding. It's so, the first thing that goes out of your mind. Ah. <laughs> all right. So, another big moment on SmackDown was Edge coming out and talking to the the Calgary crowd. He's a, he's a Canada boy, and he's talking about um different things and wrestlers that he hasn't faced and he invited Sheamus out to the ring and they had a real moment and I Timmy I love this promo we me and you both have a uh, a soft spot in our hearts for uh for Sheamus he's one of our boys basically he's a he banger after banger him and Gunther and McIntyre those are like our guys I feel like that we we love because they really uh they really beat the Sheamus, shit out of each other in the ring Sheamus is also an Irish redhead so Right, it kind of you know holds a little home. You know, we both enjoy a pint here and there, and you obviously uh you know know the 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 redhead life. So either way, I love their interaction together and kind of that real life storytelling that they're doing and how they've never faced each other. But it came to the like, is this going to be Edge's? I'm, first of all, I'm really looking forward to this match because this is Edge's style now. Since his neck's been hurt, he can lay it in. But he can't do all the flips and all the drops and stuff like that. But the, the chops, he can do a ton of chops, you know, spears and stuff like that. I think this is going to be a hard-hitting banger. Is this going to be Edge's last match in front of his hometown on on SmackDown? I, it can't be, right? He doesn't go out on SmackDown. He needs a major PLE to, to end his career. Yeah, I mean, most wrestlers will get that benefit, right? You get to, get to walk out. um, you know, in, in some capacity crowd, cheering you on with a with a great match. I can't see that happening with with Edge. He's also been so he's been tied in with a lot of storylines over the course of the last year. I mean, it's not like his health has taken a dip or anything like that. Like we've seen him in the him and Finn Balor in the Hell in a Cell, right? We saw that match. Right. Um you know he's he's been tied in with the Judgment Day. He, hit, he was the leader of that faction before it, before uh, yeah they turned on him. Um, I can't imagine this is this is his swan song. Uh, it does have some nostalgic feeling to it with the way you know he comes out and he's talking about his hometown, right? And and Sheamus is out there, and it just felt very much unscripted felt like just a, a regular 
just almost a shoot, if you will. Yeah, right? no, just it just guys. felt like two guys. Like he was really laying it out there. And I would say this before you before you continue, Tim, that he's mentioned a couple times how leading up to this, he knows he doesn't have a ton of time left in the WWE. I mean, and maybe to him, going out his final match in front of his hometown crowd, saying goodbye, maybe leaves his boots in the rings. Who knows? But I just feel like he's he deserves a big time PLE to do that. But maybe this is maybe this is it for him. Nah, I, I really don't I don't think that. I, I really I cannot see that happening, especially just how how involved he's been in, in the last year. I can see him if he was just coming back for one match here and there. But like you know, he had the match with uh he just had the match with what what's his face? Um Grayson Waller. Like I mean there's no shot, and I I know we disagree sometimes, but there's no shot that this is his last match. There's no right. shot. There's I no agree shot. with you on that. I don't think it's his last match. Um, he might be getting to the end, and he might be in his feels a little bit, his emotions a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think there's there's a little bit left in the tank for him. He's gonna want to go out at a at a major pay per view. He's been a major champion a major piece of hall WWE. Of He's a hall of famer. He's already Forever. in. Right. There's no shot that he goes out on, on SmackDown, but it'll be, it'll be a cool match. It'll be awesome to, to watch. Um, It'll be, it'll be really interesting. As you said, to see what type of match it actually is. Do we right. get, do we get, cause there's a build up to this, right? More so than any other, real like SmackDown match where you know it's oh uh, yeah we're gonna fight on SmackDown next week. There's a match, right? There's a there's a there's a little bit of a slow build to this one. So do we get like a, a WWE like PLD type yes delivery this is gonna be a must guys. Yeah and as much as as much as Edge can deliver on that, he's going to deliver as much as he can at this match. And you know Sheamus is going to bring it. I think they're going to get a lot of time. I feel like this is going to be a, a, a really exciting match. I think you're going to get a very hot crowd for this match. I'm looking forward to it. I really think it's going to be good. I don't think this is Edge's last match. However, we've talked about the talent on in WWE right now. Maybe the most talented roster in the history of WWE, it is time for Edge to move on, whether it be from WWE and go somewhere else, but it's time for him to pass the torch. It's time for the younger talent to be moving up yep. and becoming like the main focal points. We can't be having WrestleManias where there's only so many spots available or SummerSlams where there's only so many spots available and Edge taking that away from other guys i'm not invested in his storylines a ton and that's not a, like a shot at edge incredible i love edge this and that you know hall of famer but it's time for the the the, the new blood and and the guys in there um s speaking of spots available at SummerSlam, there was a noticeable match that was omitted from the SummerSlam card that was Finally, uh, that showed up on Raw on Monday night, and that was Trish Stratus versus your girl, Becky Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Now, if, for those of you listening, I don't want my name tied to that <laughs> ever. Okay, now, but you so know, I'm not a big Becky Lynch fan. You know that. And and, that. and Tom obviously, Tom is the one that, that really kind of directs the show and and kind of navigates through through uh, our topics here. But I wanted to. I saw an opportunity here to jump in because no, please, because that was a great segue. Go ahead, Timmy. Say yeah, what you need to say. What you need to say. Yeah, it, it just so finally we we get the match on Monday Night Raw, and if you saw the Raw before uh, this past Monday's night, night Night Raw, Becky Lynch was at ringside drinking lemonade, and that was a a reference to uh, apparently Triple H said. That some people are upset that they didn't make the SummerSlam card and they need to make lemonade out of lemons. And Becky Lynch is now at, at ringside drinking lemonade, uh, kind of, I guess, as a a troll, uh, as a as a troll almost to to Triple H. Um, and look, the match absolutely sucked. Um, it didn't hit at all for me. And what I want to know is like. Okay, we've gotten this trio of Becky Lynch, we got Trish Stratus, and we got um, Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark, who's been the best part of this whole thing. Yeah, and it's just it's so overdone right now. Right, and I'm thinking, and they can't even deliver months of build since April. And Becky Lynch can't put on a match that she's not. She needs to be carried. In a match. If it's going to be good, she needs to be carried. So, yeah, put her with Charlotte Flair. Oh, what a good match because Charlotte Flair, the best of all time, is going to put her with Rhea Ripley. Oh, what a great match. Put her with Bianca Belair, someone that can carry Becky Lynn. Sorry, Tim. I knew you were going to go off on this. Um, but, like, the, the the thing that bothered me the most is that I'm sitting there watching this. This They finally get their match on Raw, and I'm like, they're going to sell out. They're going to deliver on this one. Yeah. Double and it's a double count out disqualification. And then they extend the match all the way out into the crowd, all the way up onto the concourse. And then Adam Pierce comes out of nowhere and says, you know what? Now you're getting a steel cage match. I'm like, do we really need to see this again? Yeah. Like, what are we, why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, like this is the most redundant storyline I've ever seen. I like help me explain it to me, Tom. Why why is this why do the people need to see Trish Stratus, who is not even really a full-time wrestler in the WWE? I mean, she's been obviously engaged over the course of the last couple months here now, but like because of the Becky Lynch storyline. But is she fully back? I mean, it, what what is going on right now? Becky, it's, this is not even this is not even for a title. And I know it's a mess, dude. I know we talk about having storylines for different characters and like having people invest in it, but like I, I really have no clue about anything with this, this, this storyline. Where is it going? Nowhere. It's going nowhere. You know, when they say you're going nowhere fast, you never think you're actually going to get there. Right. So Tim. and Hey, look, please do not waste more than a minute in your answer because it's not worth the time because you're right timmy we're gonna wrap this up real quick it's a waste of time um once upon a time becky lynch sold a lot of merch as the man when she stole that from rick flair she had a run and wwe sometimes tries to hold on because they think she was a draw this and that 
where the real reason she was a main event of a WrestleMania was because Ronda Rousey and people want to give Becky Lynch all this credit in the world. She's a fucking pain in the ass. She's married to Seth Rollins. I don't know where it's going. She's never delivered for me. This whole thing has been a bust, you know, simple as that. It's been a bust. And God, please. If, well, I don't know when this, this match, why could not have ended this week. You know what I mean? It should have just been done and over with. And then like, the funniest part was like, Zoe Stark, she, oh, you know, shows up with a sweatshirt on. Oh, who's that? Who could that be? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they're no longer ringside in a match that's already over. So oh, she waited to get away from ringside, and you know, and I love Trish Stratus. You know, she's a legend, but whatever. This whole thing has been a legendary fail. Well, this one's been a legendary fail for sure. But uh, all right, so. Let's get to now where we, we we've covered SmackDown, where we're going with that. Let's get to Raw. And real quick, I want to get to something. Um Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, one of our favorite wrestlers that we love, what we said is a main event WrestleMania kind of talent. Um, he's one of the yep. best one of the best guys they have in WWE. And he seems to be like pairing with Riddle lately. Timmy, this is my question. Is this setting up for is this is this setting up for the return of Randy Orton? I hope so. I hope so too. And I think Riddle was with Orton, right? Well, I know Riddle was with Orton. Orton got injured, yada, yada, yada. They were like best friends, RK Bro and stuff like that. Now it seems to be this friendship developing with Drew McIntyre and Riddle, which could lead to some sort of a um, in RKO, in Randy Orton's mind, like a jealousy, like, yo, what's going on? We were supposed to be boys. So the only the, the door for Randy Orton to come back in and have a, a main feud, like I would like to see McIntyre Orton. I think that's a that's a solid pair. Yeah, that's that's solid. But if we're making the reason that they're wrestling, that that they're feuding, is because of Riddle. Riddle. I mean, what are we doing? Well, I so, just think like it, it sets up like, okay, he sees him out there. They're supposed to be best friends, RK bro. And now he comes out. Next thing you know, he, yeah, he it's in RKO someone. It's easy. It's lazy. I mean, I guess that's a, a, a an avenue to get him in. I, I would love the RK. I, I would love him to come back. I like the Cody Rhodes angle a lot better to bring him back. Right. But. In my opinion, I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing with Drew McIntyre now? Like, like we, we brought him back. Like, there's all this turmoil about how he's he's one of the WWE's probably top guys, right? That that wasn't under contract. He's finally under contract, and now we got him. We're 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 entering him into the the tag team title conversation. I, I it. He loses to to Gunther, and that's it. He loses clean, which we didn't like at SummerSlam. We we right. hated that. Um, I almost feel and, like it was a mistake to have him go against Gunther there, you know, because he's such a talent that I don't think him losing clean and and kudos to him for putting over Gunther clean. I mean, that's a that's quite a thing, right? But don't you think that's a mistake by WWE? Then maybe save that have him feud with someone else. I just, I just don't know where else you can go 
with with Drew at this point because there's there's so many different storylines that are going on, right? Like the world heavyweight title at the at the time was going it was was a judgment day thing. Um and usually as you spoke, the storylines kind of reset after SummerSlam and then yeah, there's a there's a long haul here heading towards towards WrestleMania. So you got this this dude is is fresh off of surgeries he's got his new contract he's one of the the biggest players in the in the game and and you got to find a spot for him but the tag team division is not it it is not it no he's a singles guy you're, yeah. you're looking at a guy that's just sitting on the side like it's just a, a superstar super- not a guy like maybe the guy you know what i mean and yeah, it's and we making t- me sort of think that this bloodline thing needs to come to an end because we got to get fucking Drew McIntyre in the mix here. There is certainly a yeah, there's there's a backup almost if you will like of talent that just is there and it's tied into what is the bloodline because Roman Reigns holds a title and they have this feud and you got guys like Drew McIntyre that are just studs and they need a place like Cody Rhodes doesn't even have a, a say in the mix right now because he he's not feuding with them because of the Jay Uso Jimmy Uso bloodline angle right right like there could you could do so much with all the talent that you have here and then like there, there's rumors that uh uh what's his face is coming back the fiend he the Bray Wyatt's been rumored to be coming back like uh not not that you can put him right right in the mix for that, but um because if he comes back, he's gotta win. You can't have the fiend come back and lose. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe does the fiend come back and attack an Austin Theory, you know, and say, I'm sick of Austin Theory? I you well, know, I don't know. I think I think by by having Theory drop that us title that kind of vacates a belt right and that's gonna i think that's gonna you'll see that change hands a lot over the course of like the next few months here i can see a couple guys vying for that right and getting involved in storylines with that um but i mean every other belt like you got you got seth now with with shinsuke Right, right. Because you can't push you can't push cody in that direction because the tag belts what, need to come available again yeah. So, and then the women's belts are are still up in the air right now with like that injury. So it's it's just it's a little bit of it's kind of a mess right now with the, with the belt situation. Yeah. And this is in in and we we were saying last week this is kind of the time of year after SummerSlam you kind of will go into a little bit of a lull here that leads to a, it starts to come back up for. Survivor Series, and then it starts to come back up for Royal Rumble, and then you're trying to peak at WrestleMania. So this is where the seeds are being laid now. When we're going to be getting our WrestleMania stories, a couple of these stories, the seeds are being planted right now, okay? And maybe they've been planted a, a couple weeks ago or whatever, but this is where you kind of need to pay attention to where the seeds are being planted to grow these stories into the road to WrestleMania and stuff like that. But Drew McIntyre. Nice little little Nick Sirianni reference there. Planting the seeds. I I have a whole story about that, but that's for Schmidt and Lavelle. If you want to hear that story, remind me (laughs) next week on Schmidt and Lavelle, Timmy, because 
my buddy's a coach. Uh, he's a high school basketball coach, and it's it's a funny story. So, um, either way, Drew McIntyre, we we need him in a real storyline. Uh, something that's going on. Maybe maybe uh Orton comes back and him and RKO start going after Drew McIntyre, and that sets up a feud. I don't know. And 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 Riddle goes heel, whatever. You know, I mean, how's Riddle getting all this time after all his stuff and whatever? So on uh Raw again, we we we're going back to what was going on and Judgment Day has been very dominant of late. I love their entrance music, and in the beginning of the show, they come out and you've got. Dirty Dom holding the title. You've got Mommy holding the title. You've got Damian Priest holding the briefcase. And then you get JD McDonough coming out, interrupting him. And there's a little back and forth that, like, you're not in Judgment Day. Don't don't be getting into our business. Throughout the night, there's there's stuff that goes on. And JD's involved. Finn's back involved. This and that. All these things are happening. And it seems to me, at the end of the night, they kind of come together and they figure it out. Now, Finn ends up losing the match by mistake with the briefcase again, but it didn't seem to 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 matter as far as their cohesion together. And they came together and they end up beating the crap out of Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. And I did enjoy this and it, and it made them look like they're all together. I think this extra member of JD coming in and helping. I wish he would have came in at SummerSlam and helped Finn win the title, but that's a whole nother story. And they they looked good. I like JD coming in and getting involved in this. He he helped out um, Damian Priest when it looked like Sammy was going to hit him with a chair. Uh, I loved the image of Priest, and we're big Razor Ramon fans, and he puts him up in that Razor's Edge. And you hold him there almost like in a crucifixion kind of thing and throw him through. It's great. I love that look, you know, and they're just dominating. Finn's coup de grace, everybody left and right, jumping on him. And I thought it was cool. Um, Judgment Day seems pretty strong. I didn't get to see uh, NXT tonight, but um, they're, they're coming off looking stronger and stronger. And I think, like we've been saying, holding these titles in the briefcase makes them, gives them validity and I think they need to do something with Finn as far as getting him a title. Maybe him and McDonough win the tags or something like that. Timmy, what did you think of this whole whole situation? And more importantly, Mommy's haircut. What about that? <laughs> she looks like a wet dog. <laughs> I'm Sorry, her, we like, just had to say that real quick. But I keep... swear to God, I'm like, look at this. I mean, she look, she always looks great, but. I mean, I don't know what the hell her hairstylist is doing with that gut. Um, go, mommy, if you're listening, if you watch the Schmidt Lavelle show, please do something with the hair. Yeah, mommy, um, we're begging you, mommy. Anyway, uh, the Judgment Day has been such so for me. If you remember my <laughs> my criticism, of the Judgment Day has been from day one i'm like what do, what do they even do like they don't the, all they do is lose right and they've really done a 180 right it's it's impressive that they've seen the value in what this fashion has and they're now putting a lot of emphasis on 
them winning matches instead of fucking taking dives left and right. Um, the JD McDonough thing, I, I hope to God that they don't bring him in as a member because I, I, it's like, hey, we got another Finn Balor. Okay, you already have a Finn Balor. All right, I'm not saying that JD McDonough is Finn Balor. I'm not saying that, but they're the same character. They're both Irish, right? They both have the same. They're similar looks. Um. Obviously, Finn's way more accomplished. I like him as a liaison almost, but do not, do not bless him with the colors. Okay, you. There has to be a special thing. There has to be. You can't just make some. It's it's like bringing like uh, Conan into the NWO, right? right? Like, yeah, you 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 you're teetering on that line of too much. Right. So like you have four guys or three guys and and like Dom is is good because he's got the most heat in the entire promotion right now. Right. Uh Finn is an accomplished wrestler. He's been yeah, obviously a, a winner. He's held multiple belts. Damian Priest has got the like all these individuals have meaning. You can't just add JD McDonough just because he's an Irish boy from from home, the homeland, right? So I think I like what if if they keep him at an arm's distance and he continues to assist in that capacity and just like just like a like a shithead like thorn in the side type guy, I like I like that. I do not like I do not like adding him to the Judgment Day. I actually like more if he does this for the next like two weeks and Finn completely turns on him and shows allegiance back to like, Hey, like this, this dude doesn't belong here. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would love to see something like that where like, screw this dude. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't like, I just like him. Keep him at an arm's length. Um, but I like in- him being in the judge. I, I I wouldn't mind them bringing him in. He's showing his, you know, what he's doing, and you know, a fourth guy. In, now, don't his, get me wrong. I, I don't want it what, to be more than that. Tell me what his purpose is then. What's his purpose? The same purpose that you're saying. Someone that just kind of a liaison, like you know, kind of just like helps out, and and he's he's there for the judgment day, you know, basically. And he's going to be there to, to help out. And, you know, he's going to have to prove himself to to Damian Priest, who seems to have a, a little problem with him right now. And you're not in. And he's he did that a little bit this week and he, he keeps doing that. And what I think his purpose is going to be for WWE is going to be going to war games where you're going to have Judgment Day. You need more wrestlers for war games and you're going to have the the um, Judgment Day against. You know, you're gonna have Sammy and KO and and uh and uh Cody. Cody and Seth and them against these guys in the uh in the in the war games. I just I I hope I hope they don't go that direction. I mean they I think they do need to add another guy. I just don't know if it's him. I really don't maybe they maybe they tease like in a new member. And then, yeah, give it to it, someone else. Yeah, give it to somebody oh. else. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Well, 
even Shinsuke wearing the black this week had me thinking about it. Yeah, he came know? out in the suit. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then like the whisper in his ear to Seth, that was kind of cool too as well. Um, but like, look, the the Judgment Day, the way they ended that show, right? They're showing unity. They're showing power. They're showing that they're a force to be reckoned with. And it's like the first time that I saw them in a light where I'm like, damn, dude, like they're, they've got, they've got momentum now. Like they've got, it's a believable fashion. It's a, like, they got the two biggest baby faces in the ring. They're getting smashed left and right. And, you know, kudos to the HJB for, for pointing that out too, as well. Like, he goes, I, I forgot Cody even won that match. And I said the same thing. I was like, shit. That was something like, to say. Cody wins the match. Finn loses. And it didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah. And, which was a great job by WWE and all the wrestlers involved. Yeah. So, they, you know, obviously they keep Cody on a winning streak. And, you know, he, he gets the babyface win. But um, it, it's, it's a cool dynamic. Um, I hope to God that they, they continue to make this faction stronger because I think it's it's going to be better for the WWE if that, if that does continue on its on its plan. I just, dude, I, honestly, I can't hear Damian Priest talk again. Like, he he drives me insane. Like Damian? When he come, oh, dude, he, I, I swear to God. I'm liking he just, him. He, he just, it seems... He he talks with conviction. It just doesn't feel like it hits for me. I feel like he, he loses his words a couple times out there, you know, and he's not the best on the mic. I hear what you're saying, though, like with that. I feel like he's not – he's had some missteps, you know? There's – there's, and, and that's a problem because really the best on the mic out of all four of them is Mommy. Oh, yeah. And – Oh, Dirty Dom's good. He's good, but like he can't. He never gets a it. chance to speak. Yeah. yeah. So you don't so, really know if he's good because they're booing the hell out of him. But I mean, that's pretty would, good. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it would be good if they, like, if they could add somebody they could freaking. Well, I think him. McDonough is good on the mic. I've liked what he's done on the mic. I feel like he's, he, he talks it out pretty well, you know? And so even if he's a mouthpiece a little bit for him, because I feel like Finn kind of gives off this fake tough guy like bravado uh, yeah and it's like i don't feel like it's really him you know what i mean like i feel like mm-hmm. he's actually probably a really nice guy you know what i mean and like he's trying it to do is a- yeah. right and and probably the same thing with uh with priest and i feel like mcdonough does a very good job of you know in the cup in the short things that i've seen i've been impressed with his mic skills his look i don't think is the best and uh Particularly in ring, you know, he looks a little eh, whatever, but whatever. I'm excited to see where that can go. One of the things I'm excited about is, too, with this other faction building up over on SmackDown with Lashley and the uh, Street Profits, is that this reminds me of back in the, like, a couple years back when the Wyatt family first came up and the shield first came out and they were like tearing up the WWE and just beating the hell out of everyone. And then it had been months and months. You never really thought about it, but these guys never crossed paths. And then at one moment they cross paths and they're like standing across from the ring and you're like, Oh shit. Like, is this about to go? Like 
if you want to look up a moment that that's one of the moments that I remember being there, like, Oh man, this is going to go down right now. Like I never, you never even think about it. So if these factions are built the way that that was, that could be a really cool moment coming to in the storyline. All right. Judgment day strong. We're liking what they're doing. We're not sure if we're in love with uh, McDonough yet, but uh, let's see where it goes. So Shinsuke and Seth Rollins, he came out, Timmy, Look, I understand he he speaks Japanese and he's but I mean that just doesn't hit for me on his promos and I and, and maybe I'm being an ignorant piece of shit but the show's in America or well, I guess it was in Canada. <laughs> but it, it's for an American audience. North America. Yeah. And he's been in the company for years now. Majority of it was in Japanese and I would I just wish it was at least 50-50. You know what I mean? Like to to understand what he's saying and like what story he's trying to tell because I it, I guarantee 99% of the audience didn't know what he was saying that was live, right? So it's just it's it's something for me that and I'm a big Shinsuke fan that I feel like he should have gotten better at by now as far as his his English and how he can cut a promo and the things he can say to to tell a story. But uh well I thought I agree with you in some capacity. I did I kind of like the um uh, this is this is kind of strange me saying this because he like interprets his own words, right? He'll he'll speak in Japanese and then he'll interpret his own words and then but like it just didn't come across because like he speaks for 30 seconds and then he says one word in English and it's like that's not what you said like what, yeah. what did you say yeah. like what did you what, what did you say it reminds you of, like the old Rocky. time movies when they're speaking <laughs> well no no I was about to go Rocky 4 when like yeah, you know, he's in the ring and he's like I could change and he could change and like the Russian in- interpreter is like who should live yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just like that's yeah. not what he said yeah right so um I do like I like how he speaks in Japanese. Um, I just wish that he could interpret more of what he's saying. Because it, it, there's a little bit of a different dynamic. There's almost like a mysterious kind of like dynamic to it. Um, yeah, right. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it was just too much for me. It's it's yeah. But but the, the other thing is that Seth Rollins basically did his entire promo for him. When he comes out and and Seth is probably one of the better guys in the business to doing it. He can cut a promo better than most of these guys. And yeah, and that's probably why they're they're doing this, because Shinsuke needs needs assistance with it. Um, it, It's a it's a different angle to go in. I, I don't like the storyline because you don't know exactly what Shinsuke's up to. You don't get the 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 clear cut idea of like why it's happening, and and to Rollins's point during his promo, he's like, "Yo, man, I've been I've been doing this every week, defending the title every week," which is true. He's been he's been defending the title. He's a fighting champion, and for for Shinsuke to to do what he did last Monday Night Raw, it just kind of made no sense, really. Like where he could just 
I mean, dude, Adam Pierce is making making matches every single episode of SmackDown and Raw within 13 seconds. Oh, you know what? We're gonna have a match. That's yeah. it. Hardest you know, working like, man in WWE. Uh, dude, you gotta get the credit where the credit's due. The dude is <laughs> dude is controlling all the talent. He's making matches. The guy's insane. But um it just it doesn't really make sense for me. I'm happy that they didn't they they didn't go to the Cody Rhodes well again. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm excited for Shinsuke. I'm a big Shinsuke Nakamura fan, especially in ring. And he's unique. He's original. Like the way he handles himself and the way he carries himself, I enjoy it because it's different. You know, he when I first saw him, I was like, wow, this guy is totally unique. He does his own thing. He's He's got like this style about him that I can dig. I like it. But I just feel like a little bit more like, you can you speak in Japanese, but fully explain in English for for the fans, for the majority of the fans watching, to to understand what it is you're because he he's he's saying why he did it, but you don't really even get the full why he did it. You know what I mean? So, he, for the title shot, basically. So think about it, right? Like the scene, and then he whispers in Seth's ear, Timmy. Any idea what he whispers in the ear? Any, you know? I mean. It- Becky Lynch sucks. <laughs> Probably. Why? Why is Why is Becky having another match with Trish? Um. No, I was about to compare. If you remember, when the Undertaker first started, he cut no promos. Yeah. No, nothing. I mean, it would it would be every once in a while. Like you know, obviously, Paul Bear did a lot of his speaking for him. But then, like, they started making him doing promos, and he did the, you know, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was once in a while. And, like, you have that kind of same similar thing. Obviously, there's a huge language barrier there. But it's like, you got to give us something. You can't just, you can't just speak Japanese and then just, it's got, there has to be some substance there. So maybe anyway. uh maybe a mouthpiece for Shinsuke would have gone a long way, but I guess it's too late now. He needs a Mr. Fuji. Yeah. So speaking of yeah, LA Knight, another win. He's moving up. He's he he continues to do his winning ways. They're talking a lot about um the promo between him and, and Miz last week which I thoroughly enjoyed. I feel like that feud is just beginning to start. Miz talked about how he might see him on SmackDown. Maybe you won't. Maybe you will. Attacking an LA Knight. LA Knight's still on the rise. Still one of the hottest wrestlers in WWE. Timmy, anything uh, anything to add about LA Knight? No, I mean, he's... Yeah, he's he's on fire. It's just a matter of him delivering. Um. Didn't, I think we talked about it last week a little bit, right? On on his promo and and everything. Did we touch on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. And of- he got. I'm just saying, he got the win this week, so it's like, yeah. all right, he wins the battle royal, and now he gets the win at uh on on SmackDown, and it's well, just the like Sheamus, the Sheamus victory is the biggest thing for me. Um, yeah, there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about. LA Knight and that whole promo situation with the Miz. 
Um, I'm going to reference Busted Open again, their podcast. Bully Ray was talking about it, about how there was a lot of, there's a lot of sizzle like between him and the Miz. And there wasn't really much stake from LA Knight. Like he got into exactly like why he's in the business and like his road and, and all that stuff. And it just didn't have what he was expecting it to have. Uh, and that the Miz kind of basically won that whole promo battle, which I mean, if if you're looking at it, like he did, he did. Like the Miz, the Miz killed it, and he knew it, and he and he gloated last night on Raw. He taught or the other night on Raw about like how he put him in his place and all that stuff, and um, it was a great promo. And that's what Miz does, man. He delivers. He's a, he's a very underrated wrestler, um, but it, it's cool to see what this is going to turn into this journey with him and LA Knight Cause I think he couldn't be paired with a better person than, than the Miz to, to really start out whatever this is for LA Knight. Like this it almost season. reminds me of stone cold's rise when he was going against uh, Owen Hart for the IC title and kind of their feud. You, you got a guy that's super talented, like Owen that can make anyone look good. And that that kind of natural feud that they had it almost it almost reminds me of that a little bit but yeah i'm excited to i'm just you know i just wanted to touch on it because like you just said we're excited to see the story kind of unfold and hopefully to see where la knight can actually go with all this one of the one of the hottest wrestlers you know in recent memory to to kind of shoot up like the way he has all right Last thing I want to talk about real quick is ESPN just posted a top 10 professional wrestlers under 30 list. And I'm going to give you the list here real quick. Got number one, MJF. Number two, Rhea Ripley. Number three, Austin Theory. Number four, El Hio del Vikingo. Number five, Dominic Mysterio. Number six, Braun Breaker. Number seven, Carmelo Hayes. Number eight, Konosuke Takashita. Number nine, Liv Morgan. <clears throat> And number 10, Logan Paul. Timmy, I want to say this, and he cut a promo as he was leaving SummerSlam. I think it's a disgrace that Logan Paul is number 10 on this list. To be honest, he's either number one or number two, in my opinion. And if he was number two, he'd be behind Rhea Ripley. Okay? The the biggest... MJF is a superstar. Don't get me wrong. I love MJF. Cuts a great promo in ring. He's he's pretty decent. Okay, he works for the other company, AEW, this and that. I think Logan Paul, in his short amount of time in WWE, has done more, and he's certainly been on the grander stage than MJF. So I, I'm giving him the edge. I feel like he's got more in ring ability, and on the mic, Logan Paul is great. You know, I I feel like he's number one or two on this list, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say that. Um, yeah, you're probably you're probably right there. I just think that like his commitment to the business is what's really hindering his issue because you see all those other individuals on that list, and yeah, they're full time wrestlers, and and Logan Paul's not. So you know that I think that might be the issue as to why he's so far behind is because. Look, he's as talented as they come. We've seen it. It's just a matter of 
hey, are you committed to this craft or are you not? And I don't know who comes up with that list, whoever the writers are at ESPN or whoever's putting that information out, but they might have a little bias against that too as well. Like, hey, this dude's a part-time wrestler. He can do it pretty well, but when you have to do it on a regular basis, where do you stack up? I think that's kind of where it comes from. Okay. I can dig that, Timmy. I think that's a fair point. Um, I did I did want to address something with, with you. Uh-oh. What did um, I do? If, if, if you're done with the top 10 wrestlers, because I wanted to talk about one other thing, one other topic that I just I kind of grazed upon this past week, and that was the, the dark side of the ring documentary. Yeah, yeah. I just saw. Okay. About the 2000 Bash at the Beach. Right, where we're, we're talking about this is the uh, the Hogan um, with Russo, and they had uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett come out, and he just kind of lays on his back and and this and that. Yeah, go ahead, Timmy. No, I just I I uh, again, this is during the the Monday Night Wars uh, between WWE and WCW, and the biggest takeaway from me, for, for I mean, I'm sorry, for me. Is that, and he's the great American hero. Hulk Hogan is kind of a a bitch. Yeah, like, like I, the dude just he's selfish. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's 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 hard. It's hard for me to sit there. This is the guy that has been honestly the the face of wrestling for almost three decades, right? Yeah. For childhood, you know, too. He was the biggest as like a a young kid. And almost becomes detrimental to to what these promotions are are all about. And uh, what I'm talking about is like what what happened was with for the viewers that don't know or the listeners that don't know, Hulk Hogan, when he signed with WCW, had a clause that he had full creative control over his character. Which means that what a mistake that was. Which means that he decides whether he wins or loses at every single goddamn match, which is like honestly a conflict of interest. Like you cannot have if if I'm a writer and I say, Hey, Hogan, you're gonna drop the belt this week, he can go, No, I'm not. I got creative control of my character. I have the belt. It's not happening. The classic phrase for him was, "Uh, that doesn't work for me, brother. Yeah. And um, for as much as a hero as the American public saw this dude, he's essentially the opposite. Yeah. And it's sad. It's really sad because, like, there's wrestlers that had to work with this dude that really had no choice. Yeah. And it's a shame. And it's a shame. And it's just. It's part of the reason why I think WCW ended up losing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it it's crazy because he's probably the reason why they were they were winning, right? Like, oh, one they, of the main reasons why, for sure. And then, I think he he gets it's almost like when a when a team's winning, the the head coach gets too much credit, and when a team's losing, he gets too much blame or the quarterback or whatever. Huh. Um. But like the documentary is is fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's on Vice TV. It's on demand. Um, but 
it really there's there's a couple guys. Uh, Dave Meltzer is involved in it. He has a lot of commentary on it. Uh, and then Vince Russo, who was a writer for both promotions, WWE and WCW, who, in my opinion, is a bitter dude. It, <laughs> like the, the guy is just like he thinks that he is the book on wrestling. Um, yeah, he's quoted as saying that he thinks the product now sucks. Um, because probably he's not writing for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's just, it's such a shame um, on how that whole played out. And like, it was just, a, it was interesting to watch that documentary to see how it played out. They they widely recognized the Bash at the Beach as one of the, one of the worst promotions ever. Yeah. For, for WCW. And it was, it was, uh, it was bad. So, I mean, you have nothing yeah, to add. I, I think I think Vince, and that's the thing. Like, you got interviews. You got Hogan. You got Vince. You got Bischoff, and they're all kind of JOs. And and here's the thing I'll say about Hogan: as successful as he was, at some point too, and you know this too. Even like, uh, like if you talk about great athletes, and Hogan being the superstar that he was. There has to be a bit of selfishness there to get to that level. You know what I mean? Like you have to say, no, I'm the guy. I'm the one. I'm winning here. You know what I mean? And and do that thing. So it's tough because y- y- as adults now, we realize that, you know, there's a little bit of that. And you, you try to teach your kids, you know, hey, you want to be respectful and this and that. But at some point, you need someone that's you, you need a killer out there. You need someone that's going to do the things and part of that is selfish so it's tough when you have all those personalities together and when something fails and you have the blame game of why is this and that i think russo is bitter because he had a a heavy hand in the um in the attitude era and its popularity and it's creative at that moment but he doesn't feel like maybe he gets the credit that he deserves for it you know it's all ego and all bs um i think part of their problem was is that they had all these guys that weren't as talented as the the wrestlers in WWF WWF at the time WWE now and um these contracts that were hindering their creative with Hogan being able to control what he could and uh and would do so you know it was a downfall there there were several other things that happened that was obviously that uh, Bret Hart um, talks a lot about um, his dealings with Hogan and how he was kind of, uh, you know, uh, a phony. And uh, several other wrestlers have said the same thing. So it's a fine line. I'm a huge Bret Hart, Bret Hart, Bret Hart fan. And uh, <laughs> and so it's just something that, uh, you know, it's 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 one of the, the best things about professional wrestling to me is that history and these stories of this and that and you know the 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 conversations you can have about what is and what wasn't um real and who's to blame and all that other stuff and the history of professional wrestling is i'm a historian and i love it i love it well tom there's only two people to blame for this amazing podcast that we have that is jabroni drive and that's the big guy tim schmidt and it's the other guy, Tommy Lavelle. <laughs> That's me, the other guy, Tommy Lavelle. And 
we want to say thank you so much for listening. Real quick before we sign off, some sad news. Hopefully it's not true. And other wrestlers have heard this news before. Biggie, we love you. We hope that you can come back to professional wrestling and in-ring performing. You're one of my favorites in recent memory and uh, the neck injury and everything like that. Hopefully it works out for you and, you know, your health is the most important thing. But to see you in the ring would be great. If not, we love you either way. Timmy, anything you want to say to all the Schmidt and Lavelleites before we sign off? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Schmidt and the Bell Show. Can't wait to see you next week. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> Thank no, you again no. for tuning in. Schmidt Lavelle, the, the hottest, fastest growing professional wrestling show out there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your wife, tell your kids, tell your wife's kids' friends. Your kids' friends? No. Your kids, give your kids' friends. Yeah. Your cousins, no. mothers, cousins. uncles. All right, that's enough. That's which enough. Would make us what, Timmy? Absolutely nothing. We love you. Till next week. My name's Tom Lavelle with the big guy, Timothy Schmidt, this and a little guy, Tommy Lavelle, and the other guy. Till next week. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you after Edge's maybe last match. Sayonara.